one of the most unique podcasts on the planet. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. The show about everything related to student transportation. If you're a student transportation professional, you found your show. Hey, bus driver. Exploring the entire school transportation universe. Talking to interesting and inspiring people, exchanging ideas, promoting student transportation industry growth, and sharing a few funny stories along the way. Now, live from Phoenix, Arizona, this is Hey Bus Driver, and this is Jason Nelson. All right, welcome back to the Hey Bus Driver podcast. Uh, Today's episode will be... Featuring the team, our partial team from the RWC group here in Phoenix. Uh, they actually support the entire state, but uh, I think at least three of them are based out of Phoenix and one is out of Tucson. So kind of have a mini uh, Hollywood Squares going on, kind of top to bottom. Uh, Chelsea Wilson out of Tucson. Tom Hartman, you're the general manager of bus sales. Is that correct? Correct. And then Luke Vaughn and Chad Brinkley. So... I'm very excited to have um, all four of you be able to take part of out of your Thursday afternoon to join us on the podcast and kind of talk a little bit about uh, bus sales life and, you know, just uh, how you guys support school bus industry. So thank you for being here. Well, we appreciate the opportunity we were discussing before this. I don't think either of us have ever been part of a podcast technically, so it's kind of cool. You mean you mean IC Bus hasn't reached out to the RWC group to to ask them to be a part of the podcast? We're, we're, busy, we're busy on magazine covers and stuff. We're not for podcasts. Right, I know. I saw that. You know, Mister <laughs> Famous Hollywood Guy. So yeah. celebrities <laughs> in their own mind. Yeah. No, uh, you know, I think we're all burning up here in Arizona right now. It's what's supposed to be 115 or 117 today on Thursday and even hotter this weekend. So before I get into your guys' story, talk to me a little bit about that, right? You're still out there kind of selling buses and, um, you know, moving buses, especially old buses if you're taking trade-ins. So how hot does it get on a bus when you're trying to get it back to uh, one of your dealerships? (laughs) <laughs> Not the way we have people to do that for us. You have people to do that for us? I don't have to do that Believe me. Yeah. I, I still can't believe it. Uh, I used to drive it in my AC. Yeah, that's cra- crazy that there's no air conditioning. No. It's, uh, it's got to be powerful on anybody either. Yeah. A lot of more intelligence in there. <laughs> So yeah, new buses, we're we're pretty busy delivering new buses this time of the year, and you know the buying habits for new buses have changed over the year. Where it's very rare that we sell a new bus anymore with no air conditioning. So they haven't made to deliver the bus, but the trade coming back is a, a rough go. Yeah, no, that that would be, and I mean, you know, I think I speak for some of at least some of the rural Arizona districts that probably still have some early 90s buses in their fleet that you guys are probably seeing as trade-ins, especially part of the VW. Um, you know, I, I, is that done as far as VW monies go? Is that pretty much over? Or are you guys still seeing some some sales from that? Yeah, we pretty much exhausted most of that. We're starting to see a few trickle in, but we're towards the tail end of it now. And uh, that was a pretty good program, especially for some of the smaller roller schools that, you know, otherwise probably wouldn't have been in a position to buy a bus. So 
I would say overall, that was a pretty successful program. Got it. Well, um, you know, like I said, at least it looks like we're all indoors and staying cool. So, uh, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll get into it a little bit. I just kind of want to touch on just your guys' back history, right? How do you got into this? And, um, you know, maybe we can just start with Tom since you're the kind of the head honcho there, if you will. And how, you, you know, I think I met you close to 10 years ago when I first got into this over there at uh, Phoenix Hill where I was at, um, sure. you know, and just how did, how did you get into kind of falling to bus sales and, you know, kind of what's your story? Well, I was born and raised in Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia and uh, went to college at a small school in Williamsburg, Pennsylvania called Lycoming College. And um, when I graduated, I knew I wanted to get into some, some sort of sales uh, related position. And I had a friend that was a couple years ahead of me who had graduated within the bus business. So they were in the need of a bus salesman. So at 22 years old, I was out there selling school buses to school districts. And at there, these private contractors are a lot more popular, more mom and pop type of uh, situation. So I worked for a Uber dealer in Pennsylvania for about 10 years and then uh, married my beautiful wife. And uh, during the course of that period, her parents moved to Arizona. So we stayed there for about five years after we got married. And then enough to come with another Uber dealer. Um, I think they're still in business. Can you stay on sales? Um, but uh, I was there for another almost 10 years. So, and um, the last six and a half with RWC, so kind of fell into it, my luck, and uh, I've never really looked back and really enjoy it. Awesome. And uh, maybe I'll just go to Luke first, and then I'll hit Chad and Chelsea at the end. Luke, how about you? Well, I've been, uh, it's 21 years now for me. So I started out with uh, coaching transit, which is a long time ago. Um, originally from New Hampshire, moved out here to, to take the job with uh, coaching transit. So I've been with all three of them. <laughs> so, and now I'm uh, just handling uh, schools here in the state of Arizona for, for RWP. So I've seen it all, I think, at this point. Yeah. yeah. And Chad, you're from the, the Midwest, right? So you're selling buses out in the Midwest and kind of came out there. You're, what's this, your second year out here in Arizona? Yeah, yeah, I've been here right out a year and a half. I uh, I got into school bus sales, came out of truck sales, worked for a Freightliner Corporation there based out of Dallas, worked in Tulsa office, buying and selling trucks, and the economy started tanking, and we started seeing more repos and sales, and I got into the school bus industry not knowing that, uh, other than the chat, I didn't realize body-wise how much things were different from state to state, so I've been in it for, I don't know, what, 11 years now? So buying and selling used. Uh, this is my first go at at new though. So what do you know, Luke? What do you think? know, Luke? Me, Luke, and Tom back when they were at Canyon State. What's that been like? Ten years ago? Yeah. Thanks for pushing with those guys. So yeah, it's been pretty pretty close to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Time flies yeah. when you're having fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Chelsea, our our Tucson rep down in Tucson. Uh, I got into the business through the parts department, um, started with parts and delivery right out of college and um, made my way to the truck sales side um, 
and landed this job in Tucson. So transferred from the Phoenix division here um, in sales. And then um, conveniently, Tom didn't have a bus rep and I took that position and kind of integrated to buses. That's pretty, pretty awesome. So most, I mean, I think this is a fairly predominant, you know, male driven industry. You don't see many women is that do school bus sales or really, I mean, that type of work. So what do you, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? You know, as far as what you've seen so far and what you've been able to be a part of? You know, it's just been amazing. Um, coming from the truck side, I guess I kind of have, um, tough skin, um, and school districts are really accepting, um, definitely have had to work really hard and, you know, prove myself, but, um, I enjoy it. Sweet. So you guys, I think all of you were a part of the TAA virtual conference a couple of weeks ago. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that? I know that we had the close to what, 80 people in your, your virtual, uh, vendor show, uh, experience that we had going on so um how do you how do you have you seen anybody else doing anything like that and what were your thoughts uh, behind that i thought it was a fantastic idea you know i think when we talked last week when we were at the conference or the virtual conference you know i think all that would be flagstaff and cooler weather but uh given the situation uh and the time line to pull something like that off i thought you guys did a phenomenal job and you know, anytime we can get in a situation like that where we can talk a little bit about our company and product and what's new, it's just a great opportunity to interact with other people. And, you know, TAA is great for that. It's not only good for other transportation directors to kind of mingle with other transportation directors about best practices and so forth, but it's good for other vendors to visit with you as well for people like yourself outside of the office, you know, a different type of atmosphere where it's not as stressful for you guys. You're not having the day-to-day interruptions and so forth. So um, whether it's virtual or in-person, uh, it's a great opportunity for us. And thought it was great. Yeah, I think it's – I'm watching – been watching some of the other, you know, organizations around the country that are – I think they're struggling to find that, you know, that in-person feel, and they're just kind of keep reverting back to webinars where webinars just – that one person that's presenting and everybody else is listening in. And that was one of the things that we really wanted to kind of focus on was getting that personal, you know, feel of a group atmosphere, being able to kind of talk and, you know, communicate whether it was through comments or chat or uh, however we were doing that. So, you know, I agree as far as like what you're saying, you know, it's that, that experience to come up out and not be, um, you know, disrupted by just the day-to-day stuff that's going on. Sure, you've got your phone calls and you can step out, but, um, you know, I think we I think it turned out pretty good for, you know, we had, what, 250 people or so that registered and, you know, kind of joined in and out between the, the two days that we had. So pretty cool. Yeah, I got yeah. Some feedback from some customers. They seemed to enjoy it. I mean, they got to do Agreed. something with people. So, I mean, obviously not as much fun as uh, going to the conference. And- sure spending time with people but it was good no i liked it yeah i think we're all i think at this rate we're all kind of hoping that you know we will be able to meet again next year um i think but if school keeps getting delayed you know there's a there's now a very real possibility that we could all be going to school or still working well into june you know with um 
the school at least being delayed by two weeks that our district went and pushed it back to our last day would now be June 8th. So that's skirting very closely to, um, you know, conference time in 2021. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting for a few, for a few yeah, weeks. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So talk to me, I, and I, all of you can kind of share this, um, but maybe Tom take the lead on this. Who's, who's RWC? What do they stand? You know, what kind of uh, operation are you guys um, beyond just school bus sales? Uh, what else do you do? How many locations do you have? Um, you know, talk a little bit about who RWC is. So RWC is uh, uh, based in. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Our corporate office is uh, on 75th Avenue, just south of the I-10. Um, we're owned by a gentleman named Bob Cunningham, uh, who purchased the dealerships uh, back in 2010 from the Canlis. And so um, from there, uh, we've grown to where we're in three other states. Uh, so we're in four locations in California where we just primarily do truck, uh, all different applications of trucks. Uh, we do the same thing in the state of Washington. However, recently we're going on one year where we're the actual school bus dealer for IC bus in Collins and Washington, um, which that's who we represent here in Phoenix. Or I'm sorry, in Arizona, rather. And then we're also in Alaska for both IC bus and Collins, as well as uh, truck. So primarily a trucking and school bus company. And um, we're very much look like a a dealership or a car dealership uh, where you can get parts and service and we work on the vehicles and work on the buses. But uh, uh, typically, even though we do have some inventory, it's not like buying a car where you can just come down, pick a bus up and go home. So, um, but that's primarily what we do. We, we service everything we support uh, with the four locations we have here in Arizona and then uh, also have a mobile uh, support network. Uh, where we're up to 13 trucks statewide to support school bus customers. Nice. I saw you guys bought some some more land out there so you could store more buses or, or get in more service going. I know you guys have like a service side. And for those that haven't been able to be out to RWC, they have a, their facility is immaculate. Um, I think you guys have been there, what, three years now, two or three years that you just opened that facility on 75th Avenue? Actually, we uh, it's going on ten years. Um, actually, I'm sorry, with the brand, about nine years. But now. with the brand new uh, facility, with the brand new facility so, at seventy fifth Avenue. So it, nine it, years it, went it, by it real quick. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Where, it, where you been, Jason? You should stop by, dude. I've been out there. I've I've been out there several times. I guess time is just you know it's it's moving too quickly. So I don't know how to how to slow it down. Unfortunately. Yeah, we've expanded in, in both sides of the business. I mean, obviously, bus has been a, a dramatic uh, increase for us and, and very happy with the, with the direction that's going. And that's due to all the solid support that we're getting from customers in Arizona and the products improved and so forth and so how, how we've supported it. So the 10 acres that we bought was, you know, we needed extra room between bus and truck. Uh, you know, things are busier and Central Avenue where we were meeting where we were as far as preparing new vehicles for delivery, uh, we just outgrew Central. So you can still go to our Central Avenue location for, you know, service repairs and warranty and so forth, but uh, all the pre-delivery preparation that goes in the getting a new bus ready to deliver to you is all done at 75th Avenue now. Got it. So you're, you're splitting time between Arizona and Washington, I think? 
I am. You know, we had an opportunity in Washington. There was a company called Harlow's Bus Sales who was looking to um, uh, kind of do less as far as what they were doing. They they were in four or five different states, and that got to be too much to handle Washington. So we had already had four locations in Washington, uh, the state of Washington, for truck. So we were in Seattle, Tacoma, Spokane, and Yakima. And so we had an opportunity to acquire a company that was already doing what we were used to doing here in Arizona, and that was uh, selling IC buses and Collins buses and supporting that. So we already had the locations. Um, a lot of the people at those locations were already selling bus parts or servicing buses and repairing them. Just They just didn't have a vehicle to sell. So um, it was just too good of an opportunity to pass up. And so we just made one year into it, and uh, it's been a great start. So uh, I split my time. I'm up there about one week a month, and uh, it's worked out pretty good so far. Nice. I, I like Washington a lot. It's, uh, you know, so much different than Arizona. I think a lot of people who live there currently, are, you know, don't want or get tired of the rain and whatnot. But I think we see rain like twice a year. So <laughs> it's – it's uh one of those things that it's as a at least as a vacationer or a tourist to go up there and get out of the heat and you know out of the desert it's definitely a beautiful state to to go check out so it really is you know the the country it's different aspects of that state are just beautiful you know and it's a little different than Arizona so it's uh, it's a good change of pace sure school bus wise it's similar in a lot of cases but then again you know a little different right each state's specifications or or needs are different so it's it's kind of been enjoyable from that aspect to see how other schools around the country are doing things that are different than sure. arizona how do they i mean how do they differ and maybe i'll let you and chad kind of talk to that a little bit about like how does washington differ from what arizona is and how does the midwest kind of differ from what arizona is you know i know that we we all have different minimum standards, but I guess as far as like how you spec a school bus or, um, you know, are there state specific stuff that, you know, you as maybe as a sales guy would see and say, man, that'd be a really good idea to sell down here in Arizona that we don't have. Is there anything like that? Chad, you want to go first? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Washington, actually Washington's it's, it's, Different. I mean, it's uh, it's hard to sell used bus into Washington from out of the state as far as specs, but um, yeah, there's there's some things. Crossing gates are big in other states. There's nothing here. You know, the thing that really got me coming from the Midwest is your uh, more expensive kind of, especially going to be used for trip bus and maybe a route bus. Uh, those buses had AC, but they weren't the type of AC you have out here. I mean, they're completely different. Um, th- that was. One nice thing about being out in the Midwest and selling everywhere except Arizona and Nevada and whatnot is you didn't have the, the high-dollar roof-mounted AC systems that you had to, to mess with all the time on the U side or as they start to get older. But, um, you know, Arizona specs are, are pretty pretty solid for the most part. You've got some that kind of go overboard. Texas with their laminated glasses, you know, iffy, you know, a little overboard maybe in crossing gates and strobe lights and dual stop arms. And uh, you have some states that go above and beyond. Florida's really heavy spec as far as all the different things they require. But but um, then there's some like, I'm not going to mention some of the states, but there's some southern states basically, you know, as long as it rolls down the road and the kids are able to stay stay inside of it, it's good enough. So. <laughs> 
You know, Chad brought up an earlier point of air conditioning. So that's one big difference in Washington State versus Arizona. I would say for every hundred buses that we sell in Washington, maybe five have air conditioning. So air conditioning is just not something that they purchase up there. Um, Just because the weather for the most part. Um, So that's a biggie, you know, that we're not used to. But, you know, they're still purchasing camera systems and zonar and all the things that our schools are accustomed to. Um, The inspection process is a little different um, as far as it's a little more, uh, what's the right word for it? Uh, A little more focus on it. I mean, it's, it's, they make a big, big deal out. And then from a paperwork standpoint, I wouldn't say the physical inspection is any different when it's down here, but you really have to make sure you have all the paperwork in line and you know if it's not they kick it back they're very very detailed that way but um air conditioning is a big one yeah there's there's some states that are just now starting to look at camera systems which is strange to me because i not only can protect the kids it can protect the school district and you know whatever so it's it's interesting that there's some states that they just they're not really looking at camera systems especially you know some contractors are not required they they typically don't, which I would think a contractor would be the first one to put a camera system in. Sure. But, yeah, it's interesting when you go from state to state, all the different specs. Well, I think that it comes down, a lot of it obviously comes down to funding, right? I mean, I I think some directors that I've talked to just look at, okay, I have this much money, so how many buses can I get for this amount, rather than looking at what actually goes into it. So, you know, if you want to talk mm-hmm. about, you know, a conventional versus a, a rear engine or something like that, you know, there's ob- obviously price differences there. And so, you know, when you're, if you have just, just say a million dollars to spend every year on school buses, which that's even probably a, a large number for some districts, um, you know, they're trying to find the best bang for their buck versus worrying about, you know, the best AC system or the best cameras or eight cameras versus one camera. You know, I think that's really kind of where, you know, you guys see that, and I, I mean, that's, sure. um, you know, kind of where they it where really struggle it does. Is, it right? comes down yeah. to budget. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're able to go and get three for the price of two, you know, and you need, you know, half your half your fleet's twenty year, you know, pushing twenty years old, it kind of seems to to make sense to to try and do that. But um, have you guys seen a lot of? uptick recently in like seatbelt sales or wanting seatbelts uh particularly like the integrated um three-point seatbelt that retracts into the seat have you seen a lot of push for that across maybe not necessarily arizona but other states i know that some states are like now coming out legally or or passing laws that are mandating that um, they be installed on school buses we're seeing a little bit not as much as you would think I mean, the, the conversations around the country are, um, we're having more of them. I mean, you can see as the days go by, we're getting closer and closer to it. You know, I think a couple of years ago when they raised the, the seat back height, that was just to improve the compartmentalization that they go by. And, um, but now we're starting to see more and more questions being asked, you know, can we get lap belts? How, how much does it cost for a three point seat? And we're seeing other states around the country, they're not waiting for, you know, federal motor vehicle safety standards to to make the change. They're going ahead and making the change themselves. But I would say we're seeing a whole lot of that here in Arizona. Um, like I said, that's a little bit, but not 
not what you would think. Yeah, for some for whatever reason, we seem to um, kind of trail behind. You know, at least the East Coast, it looks like it seems like the East Coast is one the ones that are kind of that driving force and you know passing some of those laws or at least trying to introduce legislation for that to be looked at. So just just curious, sure. you know, especially in the last it seems like in the last five years technology and the way that but you know the, what's offered on a school bus is exponentially grown i don't know maybe that's just my perception but do you guys kind of see that i mean now we're seeing um you know some of the i, I think you called it or maybe you can talk to i forget what it's called but that you know uh, crash mitigation you know technology that's on the school bus um you know some of those other things that are being offered without even having to spec it like it's already being built into the school bus just right from the factory yeah i'm, I'm actually getting ready to deliver six to a school that are all collision mitigation uh, <clears throat> the upgraded collision mitigation with the camera and the windshield reads the stops or the speed limit sign so if your driver's going 40 it reads a 35 mile per hour sign it'll slow that bus down to 35 you know which is great especially on a school bus but yeah it's a uh, it's a wonderful technology. I think we're, it comes standard. We actually have to omit it. The customer has to request to omit it. When are they going to make it fully standard, Tom? Are they plans for that? I think we talked about it, but I don't remember a date. Yeah, I think supply and demand, once they start seeing the numbers increase, which they have, I think we're up to about 50% of what we, what we sell or build each year. Um, people are taking the mitigation. So every bus comes with electronic stability control. And the collision mitigation standard, you do have the opportunity to admit it if you're not quite ready for the technology. But I'll be honest with you, the schools that have it love it. Um, the schools that were getting ready to deliver to, you know, had a great experience with it, the demonstration uh, piece of it. So uh, we're seeing that increased. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming to the point it may not ever be something you can admit. So. Hmm. Pretty interesting. And like I said, this it's very interesting to – to see how much the school bus itself has progressed in the last five to 10 years. Um, so what do you, the great thing is the technology is trickling down from like international, our parent company, for example, it trickles down. So they've been running this technology in their trucks for years. Make it better, learn more about it, make it more efficient. And it's trickled down to the school buses. So, you know, it's uh, a lot of a lot of the technology trickles down from having a parent company, you know, a trucking company. So not just the collision mitigation, but other features that we have on our buses. But uh, that's it's, it's nice to see it coming down into school buses where it's, you know, probably as important to, or more important to protect children than it is, you know, a load of onions, for example. Sure. So uh, maybe I'll just start with Chad since you since Tom told me to start with you. What's a what's a typical day typical day in the life of a like a salesman? You don't have to get into like super details, but you know, just again, you're you guys are out there. I don't think that I mean, I, you have a base office that you kind of work or hail from, um, but I would guess that most of your time spent in a vehicle. A lot of you probably travel, especially if you have rural um, you know districts to to visit. So, what does that look like, and what kind of you know time do you put in to uh, make sure that your customers are getting the support that they need well i try to get out by the poolside about 10 in the morning leave about one get some lunch that sounds about right i wouldn't i wouldn't expect anything less <laughs> you know it's um it, it, this coronavirus thing obviously 
changed a lot as far as, you know, I've went to school districts that, you know, we don't, we don't want anybody here right now, you know, don't come in. And uh, they're starting to kind of open up a little bit more of last month or two, but uh, you still, I've been to a couple that are still kind of uncomfortable having somebody around, you know, you, you walk in and say, like, yeah, let's go outside and you go out and stay in the parking lot for a little bit and visit. But, you know, a lot of it right now is just trying to help everybody navigate through it. You know, I've brought up the deaf systems, you know, hey, keep your deaf tanks full, start your buses once a week, once every two weeks, let them idle a little bit, you know, kind of help prevent some crystallizations, not science, but talking to some mechanics and whatnot over, over the years. It's something that definitely, you know, should be done over the last couple of years, but, uh, you get, get up, check your email, you know, sometimes you make a few phone calls, um, before, you know, before the day really gets going and get out and get around and, and there's been some days where there's really nowhere to go. So you just try to stay on the phone and reply to emails and help people take care of problems they may have or issues they may have coming up or quotes, you know, whatever it may be. So sure. I'm looking forward to everything opening back up. So it's a free for all again, for sure. Yeah. So to add to that, you know, it's, it's important to us that our bus salespeople be out in front of the customer. Um, you know, we're not there just when you're you're looking for a bus, right? We want to be there all year long to be that resource where we can help you and eventually you view us as somebody you can trust as a valuable resource. So we've set it up internally to where um, our people can be out and about and in front of the customers and doing what they can to help. Uh, and then they have that support inside. So, you know, if they need to get quotes done or order changes to buses, which, you know, once buses are ordered, sometimes there's you know, changes customers want to make and so forth. And we have people that can help with that while the bus guys are out still, you know, developing those relationships and, and being a valuable resource. So it's important to have that face to face, but you're right. You know, it's been challenging as of late. So we've had to kind of change what we've done and kind of redirect a little bit. So sure. um, it's been challenging, but you know what? Uh, it's, uh, it's still been pretty rewarding and we're finding ways to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Chelsea, you want to talk a little bit about like uh, maybe in a non-COVID year, what, you know, what sales life, at least for you, would look like is, you know, how much you're running. Because I think you have quite a few rural districts that you probably have to get after, right? Yeah, yeah. So I um, I cover, Chad and I kind of butt up right against Casa Grande and I cover pretty much everything south um, all the way to Douglas out to our friend in Thatcher, Mr. Mike Adgerman. Um, so I I do see a lot of people. Um, I mean, what life before COVID? This just has taken a toll on us, right? Um, so lots of lots of driving. Um, so it, it just depends. If I'm here in town, you know, there's 20 minutes in between customers. I can catch up on, you know, any voicemails I missed or calls I need to make. Um, out in the rural parts when I'm in Cochise County, Thatcher area, it's, you know, an hour before I get to my next district. Um, so lots of podcasts, lots of playlists, um, you know, touching base with Tom, seeing what, you know, Chad and Luke have going on. If there's anything, you know, out there that I can share with my customers. Um, it just, it really depends on the day too. So, you know, we dedicate days to go and see customers and then there's days that we just have to sit in the office and get some paperwork done, sure. uh, put out some fires, 
uh, here at the dealership, I like to check on, you know, buses that are in, touch base with the service department, um, you know, make sure everything's going smooth there, that there's nothing I'm going to walk into and um, make sure everybody's happy and um, help them communicate with our customers. Sweet. One thing I would add to that that I, I think people would probably find interesting is as we go around the state, how different it is school district by school district. Yeah. Oh, one, one example would be, you know, here in town, we on a day to day probably would never have an opportunity to sit down with, say, the superintendent at Kyrene or the superintendent at Mesa or Paradise Valley. But you go down to some of the rural schools, say Douglas or uh, Benson, you know, in some cases, they're the ones doing the bus purchasing. They don't have a transportation right. person, you know. And so, you know, we have access to business managers or superintendents down there where we wouldn't typically have those opportunities up here. So it's just it's just different. The, the dy dynamics at each of the schools are different. So for well, us. And, and to feed off of that, Tom, yeah. so much um, you kind of have to hit it between the sweet spot. And Jason, you might know this is, you know, if I show up anytime between eight and one, I could probably see you. But before that or after that, yeah. you're probably on a bus. Yep. So that, that's district to district too. Right. A lot of timing. And I think to Tom's point, even when you look at the differences in districts, the, I think our state is one of not, you know, one of a f just very handful or a small handful of, you know, where geographical areas change. Right. And so when you're talking about, you know, what you have to cover in the Phoenix metro area versus, um, you know, you get into eastern arizona where elevations can climb up to you know five six thousand feet but then you could be you know closer to the border where everything's back around two thousand feet elevation so you know the 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 weather the geographical area the you know everything that you have to kind of counter and you know i know more of those rural areas you know you start losing losing cell service you start kind of you know so some of that stuff when you're talking about podcasts and, and playlists if you're streaming them you know you, you lose that service and so you're kind of just you know either cracking the window and listening to the wind blow you know pretty much so to entertain yourself yeah you just yeah. explained my drive <laughs> Yeah, especially to be up north, say, on the Navajo Reservation, where, you know, you're going an hour between schools, yeah. you know, where in Phoenix you could see, you know, 40 schools in an hour. Right. It is great, though, coming from the Midwest, that you leave the valley, you know, the desert and the cactus and the sand and rocks. And next thing you know, you're coming into evergreen trees and rolling mountains. And, yeah. You know, the first time I went up north uh, around Snowflake area, you saw, I don't know what it is, but the ski resort up there, I'm like, that a ski resort? Like, you know, I just came from the valley. Like, yeah. there's a ski resort right here. So, Arizona's a great state to drive through. And, yeah. and like Chelsea, you know, I cover from Casa Grande up north all the way up St. John's up in there. So, it's uh, it's pretty interesting when you spend a day and you, you drive all the way up in there to see all the scenery changes. Yeah, not flat like Texas, right? No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. Or Oklahoma, exactly. Yeah. And Luke, like, what would your typical day be like outside of COVID? Pretty similar to Chelsea's or what area? Yeah, it's, what? It, it's similar. I mean, I'm a little bit different on the used bus side. I mean, I do a lot of stuff in the office. Um, a lot of a lot of our stuff goes out of the country for the most part, south okay. of the border. Um, so, you know, obviously the Internet, cell phones are, are really important. 
um, you know, with the charter schools are spread out all over the place. So yeah, I do travel all over the state. I have a couple of districts here in, in Phoenix that I take care of. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I'm in the office probably the most, uh, just because of the used bus side, there are people that'll just come walking in off the street and, uh, you know, be looking for a bus. You oh, got like, the schoolies that are out there. Yeah, I was going to ask know. about that. Yeah. We got a few, few schoolie pages that follow the, the Instagram page. So, you know, yeah. and people have, you know, in the past, I think they think that I, I am a salesperson and I'm, I'm like, no, <laughs> but I can put you in touch with somebody. So, um, yeah, yeah, they're, I mean, yeah, they're all there. It seems to be, that seems to be a growing, uh, growing segment of, uh, I'd love to, I think it'd be cool to live in a school bus or at least have like a little cabin <laughs> on some property or something out of a school bus. I think it'd be like, be there you cool. go. I've got about, I've got about 75 of them sitting right over here yeah. with your name on it. Awesome. Yeah. He doesn't having, know where the office is at, though. It's at the new place, Jason. Well, actually, I've been, yeah. I've been talking about, or I was telling Chelsea that I think it'd be fun to do a, a podcast studio out of a school bus. There's a yeah, we, there's another uh, sports podcast that they do. They have one set up in a in an older school bus that looks. Yeah, pretty, those pictures were awesome. Pretty rad. Yeah. So. Uh, you, you can bring it. You can bring it. You can bring it up to TAA. Yeah. Right, right there from TAA. Yeah, I was thinking just slashing the tires and just parking it in my yard. So <laughs> <laughs> we can make that happen. Yeah, we definitely like can make we, that happen. Two cells. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you get yeah, no different. No different than a guy. I think the guy in Oklahoma wasn't he buying used buses and burying them in his yard as a a bunker? tornado shelter. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a good yeah. idea. Hey, good let's, idea. Let's get off Oklahoma. Let's move to a different state. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I know, know they're, they're all the same out there, there aren't they? Yeah. yeah. They, you know, and that's the interesting thing about school buses is they do have such a you know diverse purpose, right? You, you first and foremost think about school buses, but um, you know, I think of, there's churches that use them, and there's several other you know different. I know a lot of you know farms will use them to move you know labor and stuff from farm to farm. And, um, yeah. you know, I think Yuma, I didn't realize how many school buses I was down in Yuma. When was I down? Uh, a couple of years ago for AAPT. And, you know, we had our, the fall conference down there and there were tons of school buses driving through the farm fields down there. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's another big segment is, is, you know, farm labor. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of different uses for buses. They're just, the way they're constructed just makes, makes them, you know, very versatile sure. uh, as a use you know, used vehicle. So, you know, Luke, you brought up a good point. Because back to the small town I'm from, about 1,500 people. There's a uh, there's a house when we were younger on Second Street. The house was built kind of halfway into the hill. You walk around back, and there was a school bus built. You could walk on the roof of it, and it had like concrete stairs built going down. You went in the back door into the school bus. That was yeah, that was a storm shelter at their house. We used to yeah over there and go down on that bus. I didn't ride a bus when I grew up because, you know, the mile by mile, the town I grew up in, they made you walk to school. But, but uh, uphill yeah. Uphill both ways, you had to do that? Do what? I said you had to do, you had to walk to school uphill both ways? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> through the pouring oh. rain and the snow and the rattlesnake. <laughs> how, how much walking are you doing these days, Chad? <laughs> that's, why, that's why, you know, I didn't ever go to school. I call them sick every day. That's funny. <laughs> So, um, what, what's new and exciting with IC bus, uh, you know, what's coming out and, uh, what can customers kind of look to, uh, you know, maybe 
see about adding to a spec or or what's you know what's out there as we kind of start opening back up and people are starting to get um, money released to go and buy buses what can what can they find well one thing uh kind of relates to rwc as well but you know on any ic bus that they a customer should purchase from us uh say on the lot we've got close to 50 60 buses on the lot uh, or a custom order uh, to celebrate our 10 years in business. The, uh, the school district will get a free five-year, um, 100,000 mile AC warranty and a five-year body and chassis warranty. Uh, so that's significant because when you buy a bus, typically you only get a one-year 12,000, you know, whether it's a Bluebird, Thomas, or an international. So you get five years to cover a lot of your chassis and body items uh, really helps the school's budget. So that's a big one for us that we're, we're working with some schools now. It's been pretty uh, receptive. Uh, so we extended that out to August 31st. Now it was originally July 31st uh, due to the su success we've been having. So from that standpoint, that's what's new. Uh, we touched on earlier the collision mitigation. Uh, so really technology has been changing quite a bit. You know, so we're seeing, um, you know, more technology as far as, um, you know, how we can interact better, better with the bus and help customers when issues do arise and things like that. So uh, technology is probably one of the, the biggest drivers. I don't know if you guys want to comment on some other things. On-command on connection is another great feature for school buses, especially when we get outside the valley. Um, Chelsea, run with on-command connection. Go for it. Yeah, I know. On-command connection is awesome, and I don't feel like school districts take advantage of it enough. Um, I know a lot of schools in the Valley here and probably in Phoenix, um, they have uh, systems already plugged in, whether it's a routing system or a, a child check system that, you know, you scan your pass to get on the bus. So um, a lot of districts that Chad and I deal with um, that are rural, you can actually plug a unit into your um, bus and it, talks basically the cell towers and um, you can read codes. So Jason, you have this on your bus, your butt, you call me, your bus is down. All I have to do is get online and look up that VIN number. And now I can see the whole health report, you know, do you need to tow it in? Do you need to stop? Do you need to limp it? You know, what, what severity is your bus going to be down and, and, and even help you, you know, with the triage to walk you through what's possibly wrong with it. Hey, this is something you guys are probably capable of. It's X, Y, and Z or no, you know, bring it to the dealer to that kind of helps, you know, our further districts decide, you know, am I going to down my bus and drive it three hours to the dealership and have sure. to pay two people. Sure. So that, that's an awesome feature. Even, even, yeah. of, you know, that's, that's a good example I use is if you have a bus driver, they're an hour from your district, say go on a basketball game, something they call, They've got a check engine light that came on or light that came on. You can log in. You can see what it is and tell them, hey, it's no big deal. We'll get the part ordered. We'll take care of when you get home. Or, you know, we're going to send someone on the way there to swap out buses, whatever it may be. But also like a larger um, fleet, if you will, you know, the transportation director or fleet manager can get on the computer. You can decide what type of alerts you get, just severe alerts or, you know, whatever. And then get on the computer they can check their fleet from their office. They don't have to go out there with and plug into each bus. I and mean, they can sit there and log in, go through each bus and, and check, make sure everything's you know, operating correctly, see what you know inactive codes have been thrown. Maybe there's a couple of inactive codes that keep popping on and off, something they can take care of or you know just look into or keep an eye on. So 
right. even if you're just having trouble outside of town, just being able to check your fleet from inside your office. Well, and to extend on oh. that even further, um, you can you can set notifications. So Sunday night, you can have a push notification sent to you and tell you all your buses you're going to have to jumpstart come Monday morning. So it's not a surprise to your drivers or, you know. Yeah. So does that, I mean, it's it's pretty much on all the time. It doesn't go dormant if the battery gets turned off or anything like that. No, no. And it's a it's a free um, it's a free service. You do have to pay for the um, the device, um, but the website you have access to it. It's not like you have to pay a subscription. Um, you get two years free up front, and then after that, I think it's like thirteen dollars a month. It's pretty reasonable. I mean, considering yeah. if you can stay ahead of you know, issues, especially for fleet And that's guys. for all makes. Yeah. So not just for your IC buses. We can read Thomas and Bluebird also. Awesome. The biggest thing from us is, you know, support is huge in the bus business, right? It's everything, what you do post-sale. And as electronic as these buses are getting, right? If you, you talk about a bus today versus 10 years ago, how much more electronic they are, you know, for us to be able to see from our desktop what's going on with the bus and then together with the customer, let's make a decision that's the most convenient for them. You know, it may be one of those things where, hey, unfortunately, that bus has to come in or, you know what, try this and try that and get back to me. And if that doesn't work, we'll make a decision. So maybe we can keep the bus there or maybe we have to send our mobile truck out. Something we've decided that, hey, we can do it out there. You don't have to bring it in. And, um, it's about making the most convenient decision that will get the customer taken care of where five, six years ago, we couldn't do that. It was more or less, you know, everything happened to a bus. Ah, just bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. And right. they bring it in and all it was was their DEF was low, you know, something <laughs> simple. So sure. um, it's been cool. Yeah, no, I like I said, I, I geek out with the technology and I, I love seeing kind of just the direction and how smart school buses are getting from, you know, the cameras, the GPS, the Wi-Fi, the student ridership stuff, the collision mitigation, you know, everything that, you know, I think even some of the stuff where they've got the the bird's eye view camera that makes it look like it's a bird's eye view and you can see students, you know, walking around the bus, all of that stuff. I think the biggest thing or the biggest bummer is, is a lot of that's perceived as distraction right and it's really just tools that are there for you know safety and help drivers do their job and you know for whatever reason we have a lot of things that are kind of a hindrance or you know put in you know these these hindrance things that we have to get around in order for us to you know be able to be allowed on the bus right so um i think all the the dealerships and the the manufacturers are the ones that are really the ones pushing you know uh, creativity and ingenuity and then we you know get met with paper that basically says you can't or you gotta you know you have to do this in order to make it work so another exciting thing i did want to point out and we've touched on this already is the collision mitigation um chad and tom had said you know we've delivered several buses with this on it but um, one thing i want to point out to your arizona listeners is that we are stocking buses with the collision mitigation so if you haven't yet seen this in action, um, get a hold of your sales rep and we can get it over to you and, and do a demo because if you're skeptical at all, definitely seeing it in motion will change your mind big time. Sweet. 
And speaking of science and technology, we touched on it on the Zoom meeting, on the Zoom conference, but the Liquid Springs bus, we've got one in stock as well that does away with the spring or air ride suspension, has a liquid base suspension. You can adjust from a firm to regular to a soft setting. Actually a great feature on a, on a sped bus, it really changes the ride. It's a lot less bus-like and a lot more, say, you know, pickup-like as far as ride goes. It's it's a huge difference. Good for the driver, good for the students. So that's something as well. We have one of those in inventory right now if someone wants to test drive. And I encourage that at TAA when we did our, our Zoom uh, presentation. But touch on it again. Get a hold of someone at RWC and, and come check it out. And that's something that's installed at the factory, right? That's not aftermarket yeah. once it gets here. Yeah, it's factory install. So, that's yeah, well, that's pretty cool. And I think we was that demoed two years ago up there. I don't know that he was there last year. No, the Liquid Spring guy, not maybe not from IC, um, but um, I want to say the Liquid Spring guy was there when we had the night at the park. He was doing rides for people back and forth from um, from the park. Yeah, that's correct. So. Yeah, it's a technology that's been around for a while. Ambulances start out in the mining industry. You know, they had a need there for it. So they start out in one of the most harsh conditions there is when it comes to trucks. And it's made its way into international buses now. So Sure. Well, and it's been amazing because this thing has been demoed up and down the state. And, and you guys could probably agree with me when I say you find a school district and you tell them, you know, this will handle some rough roads and they take you to their roughest roads and every district has one. Yeah. And it, it's brutal. And it, 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 in a regular bus, non-liquid spring suspension, you would get beat up for sure. I could only imagine being in a handicap bus with, uh, with just like airbags or springs. Um, and then you take that liquid spring bus down that road and, and, you still jiggle around and the bus does move. I mean, it's, it, it's not like you're on a cloud or anything, but it's so much less. Can you get that on any, on any bus like train or rear engine? I mean, does it have to be a special needs bus or can it be pretty much any chassis? Convention. Oh, conventionals. Just conventionals. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I thought you were going to chime in time. Nope. All right. Well, um, Anything else that you guys want to plug or final thoughts? We're coming up on 50 minutes now, so hour. I told you, time flies when you're having fun. Oh, man. It's flying. One thing we didn't talk about, um, another way for RWC to help you here in the state of Arizona is, um, obviously, we've talked about how we're a truck company. So um, school districts have white fleet with, you know, reefer, box trucks, um, warehouse trucks, bucket trucks for, you know, stadium lights or, you know, landscape trucks, dump trucks, that kind of stuff. So keep us in mind because that is something we also do. Nice. We're on state contract for our Mojave contract with that. I think, I th yeah, I mean, when we, at least I'll say I'm guilty of looking at, you know, the when we say the, the Platinum 3 or the Big 3, you know, we're looking at school buses. So it's good to know that, you know, um, there's those white fleet options are out there, especially when it comes to those bigger specialty type vehicles that, you know, most districts need to, to run supplies or, or for your grounds and maintenance crews taking care of stuff like that. So pretty yeah. neat. Tom, you want to close it up? No, you know, we appreciate the opportunity. We have a lot of fun. Um, like I said, it's always good to sit down and kind of talk a little bit about what you do. And, um, 
or explain what we do on a day-to-day basis. And um, no, I, other than that, no, I, it was a great opportunity and very happy we did it. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I appreciate you guys and taking that time. I think Chad was the first one to be like, hey, let's get on the podcast. Let's do this. And I think he was ready to do it like right then and there. I didn't know that he was, you know. Yeah, sore. I was. And I waited, what, like six months for you to finally reach back out? It's like, yeah. no. Is Jason not on there? Like, what's nah, going on? Definitely not that. It's uh, all about timing, right? And, you know, I think when you first hit me up, we were right dead smack in the middle of, um, you know, the start of COVID-19 and everything closing down. So it seemed like my life for a while was a Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting. So, um, Well, when the COVID stuff's all over, you know, come on over and we'll hang out by the pool yeah, and do one. I'm definitely down for that, you know, <laughs> and I've got the whole setup so we can all be in person. And, you know, I think that would be fun to get you guys back on and, you know, talk about just stuff again. We can share stories about, you know, some of the fun stuff that you've been a part of or, you know, some things, some some particular sales or events that stick out in your mind and, you know, kind of share those war stories, if you will. So. Um, I'm, I'm all for it and, you know, looking for a regular guest on a regular basis. So, um, like I said, I appreciate you guys taking the time to be here. Uh, thanks to everybody for giving this a listen again. Um, I think I'll plug final plugs. Chelsea's helping me out with some masks. We're doing some Hey Bus Driver masks, um, which are now up available on the website. So, uh, if you're interested, take a look at our website, www.heybusdriver.com. Uh, check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, we're out there. Follow us, check out, uh, and let us know, you know, how we're doing and, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll get through this soon and can finally get back to school being in session and it's kind of some normalcy. So I think I've been saying that for the last five episodes and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. So maybe I should stop saying it, but I, I uh, think we all would like to see more. For sure. So <laughs> I think everybody for listening, we'll wrap it up and, um, you know, stay tuned and we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. You've been listening to Hey Bus Driver. Thanks for being part of our community. If you're a student transportation professional, you are part of our family. The show is coming to a close, but you can reach out online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hey Bus Driver Podcast. And check out the website at www.heybusdriver.com. Till next time, this is Hey Bus Driver, signing off.